we're going over roadies back-to-back home losses against St. Louis and Dayton, as well as their upcoming game to end the regular season this Saturday on the road at UMass. The A-10 tournament picture and what that looks like coming up next week. And looking at the NCAA tournament landscape and what Rhodey has to do to get in. We have it all here, all for you, on Ballin' with B-Show. Welcome to episode 19 of season 2 of Ballin' with B-Show. As always, I'm your host, Gavin B-Show. In Rhode Island, playing a couple tough teams in St. Louis and Dayton on the road. Trying to will their way to a two-seed in the A-10 tournament. It all started on Sunday, the lone game of the day in the A-10. The Rams are trying to get a win against a very good an underrated St. Louis team who has gone deep with Dayton both times they have played for the Arch Baron Cup. And the game did not go the way one could plan it. The Rams were cold from the field. The Rams went down 11 nothing and did not score their first basket or point till 13-49 in the first half. Still down 11 nothing. Then from then on, the Rams had to fight their way back and closer and claw their way into this game where by halftime it was 26-19. to Rhodey was down by 7, but they're slowly getting better. Their defense is there, make a couple shots on offense. This is a ball game we can win. But the Rams went down by 16, 39-23. And it seemed like it was going to get larger and larger and larger, but... A comeback from the Rams sparked them down by 14. They went on a 10-0 run and got it within three, within four rather, 47-43 with a made Jeff Doughton three-point uh, three shot. But then St. Louis went on a 6-0 run to bring the lead back to 10. It seemed to be the M.O. of the game. The Rams would go down by around double digits and they would fight their way back to around four or five point deficit. The fans are on their side. They have all the momentum. And then bam, 7-0 run. Bam, 6-0 run. And it was, uh, by the end, the Rams had nothing left in the tank after two comebacks that had failed late in that second half. And the Rams went down 72-62 to against the Billikens of St. Louis at home. Of course, the star of the game for St. Louis was Jordan Goodwin. He had 17 points and 10 rebounds. He played phenomenal on both sides of the ball for St. Louis. And then Hassan French and Jimmy Bell Jr., both of those had 12 points. And Hassan French even had 14 rebounds and shot a very solid 52.5% from the field, only shooting four threes and making two of them. While the Rams on the other side, they struggled from the field, going 37%, 22 for 58, and going three for 18 from three. Nothing seemed to fall. That's a 16.7% mark. While the free throw battle was um, in favor of Rhodey, 68% to 61%, the rebound battle is probably the biggest one there that was not in Rhodey's favors. St. Louis out-rebounded the Rams by 18, 44-26, probably the biggest stat of the game. 
St. Louis was getting putbacks, offensive turnover, uh, offensive rebounds, putbacks. It was just frustrating to watch to see the Rams give an effort like this where nothing could fall and you need every stop um, possible. And they were just getting offensive rebounds and putting baskets back in, getting foul and ones. And it was just a game where St. Louis really grinded out the Rams. The Rams were led by Cyril Langevin. He had 12 points, 11 rebounds. Fast Russell had 17 points, but 5 for 16 from the field. Obviously not the best game. Tyrese Martin, 11 points, but he went 4 for 10 from the field, over 4 from 3. He had a couple threes that were wide open that should have fell if the Rams wanted a chance in this one. And then Jeff Down, of course, had 11 points. He played solid uh, across the offensive side of the ball. And it just was a game where Rhode Island won, they would keep second place. But I really... I don't know. I had a reason. I didn't feel good going into it. I knew St. Louis was a physical team um, with, you know, an underrated team that many think couldn't really win at Rhodey. But nonetheless, the St. Louis Billikens got to Rhodey and took care of the Rams by 10 points, which set back the Rams a lot. That put them to second, uh, third place because they now have the same amount of losses as Richmond. And now... They are behind due to the tiebreaker where they lost to the Richmond Spiders early back in January before that 10-game win streak for the Rams. And the worst part about it was that they're upcoming Dayton. Not saying they couldn't beat Dayton, but Dayton was a very good team. And this game was hyped up to the max. The Rams were looking to get a the program best win in program history against number three Dayton at the Ryan Center. It was a sellout. It was senior night. Jeff Downton, Cyril Langevin, Walkons, Eric Dadica, and Jordan Green were celebrated. The amount of fans were there was crazy. The storm chasers were there from Barstool Sports. Energy was in the air. Optimism was in the air. People saying this is our turn. It's our time to take back what we deserve from the Dayton Flyers. And it was a solid first ten minutes. Before the Flyers started pulling away, they went up 23-14 with around 10 left in the first half. The Rams came back, got to within 7, but then the Flyers pulled ahead by 16 by the end of the half, 46-30. to The Rams couldn't stop the Flyers. The Flyers' offense proved to be so good and so resilient. They were hitting great shots. It wasn't like Ron Steve was doing bad. They were just finding the open shot, and they were sticking, while the Rams on the other side couldn't get, seem to get the open shot to fall after they got it, and stops came randomly, uh, came rare, and then thinking going into the second half, all right, we need a heck of a comeback. We got to outscore the third best team and the best one of the best offenses in the nation by 16 if you want a chance to win this game in 10 in 20 minutes. The Rams came out quick and got within 12 by 18 minutes. So in two minutes, the Rams got four points right back from the Flyers, and then. A couple threes here and there for Dayton. A couple good shots uh, from three, which rounded pretty well in the first half defending. They fell, and that lead got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and it was a lost cause by eight minutes left in the game. Dayton was up 70-45 to 45 by 25 points. The fans were just disappointed. I think everyone was disappointed in the effort. Um from Rhode Island, and again, on the offensive side, which has been lacking the last two, three, four games against game in games where they need to win. So, the Rams, 
of course, ended up losing big time 84-57, a game where many thought would not happen, where Dayton would win by 27. People were picking Ram uh, URI plus four to get the upset, even coming close with that um, four-point range. I just really wanted a good, solid game to watch basketball. I wanted an up-and-down game, back and forth. If Rhode Island ended up losing by seven or something, hey, they gave it their all. But not saying they didn't, the performance just wasn't what you needed to be to beat number three Dayton. I mean, the Rams held Dayton to maybe one of their lowest field goal percentages, 46.8% from the field, 29 for 62. But the three-point percentage was at, I think, 20% for Dayton in the first half. It jumped to 40% uh, by the end of the game. They went 8 for 20 from three, 18 for 21 from the free throw line. And the Rams only created seven turnovers on defense, which you need more to beat a team like number three Dayton who was led by Obi Toppin on his birthday, had 20 points and a nasty windmill dunk on the Ryan Center floor. Talk about two players we need to stop. Last episode, I told you got to keep Crutcher and Landers each under 10 points. Landers had 14 points, 14 rebounds, 6 for 7 from the field, while Crutcher had 17 points. He was very good, as well as 4 rebounds and 5 assists. Those guards had a heck of a game, and then contributions from across the floor, from the bench, Mike Sell had a few, Chapman had a few, E.B. Watson, Shamanga. It was just all a perfect storm for the Flyers as they trounced the Rams. Rody was led by Jeff Doughton, who had 16 points in his final senior game. He did shoot 5 for 7 from 3, which is something to look up to. Tyrese Martin had 9 points, so did Jermaine Harris. Jermaine Harris got 15 minutes, I think the most in a while he's got. I think he's averaged around 10 minutes a game. He's getting two fouls early, but he had some good moves early in the game which gave me hope. But on the senior nights for Sorrell, he only had 6 points, 8 rebounds, and Fats shot 2 for 13 from the field with 9 points and 4 rebounds. And these are the two stats that Rody wants back. 17 for 59 from the field, 28.8%. If you're going to beat a team like Dayton, you've got to play offense, and that's at least 40% from the field you need to get to. 28.8% is not going to cut it. 57 points is not going to cut it. And here comes the, the big one. Well, first, the Rams went 6 for 22, 27% from 3. you got to make at least 10 of those shots, again, if you want to stick with Dayton. And you got to make at least 40% of your shots from the field if you want to stick with Dayton. But this is what really slipped away. Dayton was fouling. Toppin was in foul trouble early in the second half. Crutcher was in foul trouble after a tech. Landers was in foul trouble. The Rams shot 17 for 35 from the free throw line, 48.6%. That's 18 free throws that they missed and only 17 they made. Now, good job by the Rams. That's a very good job to get the free throw line 35 times. I mean, outstanding, one of the best all year. I think that's one of the most totals they've gotten all year, and they missed 18 of them. Not saying it's uncharacteristic of the Rams. They shoot around 68%, but that was probably the lowest free throw percentage of the year, 48.6%. And I know if you go like 4 for 9, 48.6% doesn't really dwell on you as much. But going 17 for 35 and missing 18 free points right there, and I know you're not going to make all of them, but maybe at least 25 of the 35. That's 8 points right there. That gives you to 65, a couple threes here and there. Next thing you know, it's a single-digit game. The Rams had the opportunities there on offense. They just couldn't get the ball in the bucket. And I think that was the, that was the worst part of the game. As a defense, I mean... You can say there's some holes uh, late in the game, but those are like scrap points, easy minutes. I mean, they put walk-ons in too. It wasn't like we're the only team doing that. We put Dadka, who got an and one actually at the end of the game. But 
the offense, I don't know. I would think the offense did better against Dayton the first time uh, of creating shots and opening shots. Like off the get-go, there was a lot more movement. In those first in that first game against Dayton when they went down 17 nothing, the offense was so stagnant. We're relying on crazy shots. We're getting good shots in the game against Dayton. Some maybe a little contested than the others, but nonetheless, better shots than we did in the Dayton game the first time we played them on the road. I feel like our offense moved better, but we shot worse. And that happens some games. And I you know, People think it's the end of the world, but we got good looks. We just couldn't make them. We got to the free throw line 35 times. Last time, last episode, I said we got to create turnovers. We didn't do that. We got to make free throws. We got to the line 35 times. We just couldn't convert. And then our offense has to be clicking. And our offense clicked when we didn't shoot the ball. Like The movement on our offense was very good in the first 10 minutes. And then we started taking crazy shots. The first 10 minutes, the offense was moving great. Even throughout the whole game, the offense was moving great. It's just they went down by so much, it's hard to come back by 14, 16 points against the best team uh, on offense, one of the best teams on offense. It's going to be hard because they're going to score. So my overall impressions, obviously upset and disappointed uh, with the outcome, but there are some things you can take out of that which are good. Got to the free throw line 35 times. We got open shots, but we didn't, we didn't execute. And that happens in games. But looking against the number three team in the nation, you have to execute. And that's why they lost by 27 points. The Rams on Saturday, on the road at the Mullen Center against UMass at 7 p.m. Um, on Saturday on ESPN+. Plus. The Rams trying to get that victory to get and secure that three seed for the A-10 tournament, which is much needed. Look at Rhode Island's stats. Of course, the Rams is still led by junior Fats Russell with 19.1 points, but he's struggled lately. Even though he's had some, you know, high double-digit games, he has been not shooting well from the field. And if he can start getting that confidence back, which I think he has, the shots are just not falling. Which you need to have them start falling if you want to start winning. I think his field goal percentage has dipped below 40 percent. Uh, yes, it has. And if this team wants to go far. You gotta rely on a good game by Fats Russell or Jeff Downton or Tyrus Martin to have to have a heck of a game themselves. Fats also has 4.6 assists, three steals, and only 2.2 turnovers a game. Jeff Downton, on the other hand, he averages 14 points a game uh, for the Rams. Tyrus Martin, 12.9 points, and Cyril with 10.1 points and 10.3 rebounds. It's basically dropped down to there. You have Antoine Walker with 5.4, Harris with 5.3. I mean, it'd be huge. If Harris or Walker or Toppin can really step up and fill a key role off the bench or even in the starting lineup because Harris is in the starting lineup and he's not doing that much. But we saw in the Dayton game a little bit of improvement, a little stronger with the ball going up, got banged around, good pump fakes. Uh, I think Harris showed a little bit of light against Dayton. And if he can bring that to UMass and have confidence and be a solid role, uh, don't get fouls quickly. I mean, it could be a scary team. And then, of course, you want Walker or Harris or Toppin. If you have, this team wants to go far, they need minutes from other players because you're going to have to play three games or four games in four straight days or three straight days. Um, and you're going to need, you know, you can't have Cyril Langevine playing 40 minutes a game if you want to do that. So the Rams obviously have to have someone step up in that area of the game. But as a team, the Rams shooting 31.6% from the three-point line, 68% from the free-throw line, and 42.4%. 
from the field. On the other side of the ball, you have the UMass Minutemen led by a very young coach, Matt McCall. The UMass team is 14-16. and 16. They had a tough non-conference the last time these two faced was at the Ryan Center. The Rams won 73-67. And if we're talking about Rhode Island, we've obviously got to talk about the main player to worry about for the Rams, who had, I think, 30 points um, in their first matchup, is freshman big man Trey Mitchell. He averages 17.1 points a game and 7 rebounds. He's just a force down low, only getting 30 minutes a game and still gets average that much points. The Minutemen are also supplied with Carlos Pierre, who averages 12.4 points a game, 3.4 rebounds, and shoots 85% from the free throw line. Don't want to get him to the charity stripe often. And Sean East, the second, he averages 9.2 points for the Minutemen and 4.9 assists and shoots 40% from the field. As a team, the Minutemen shoot 42.7% from the field, 32.9% from three-point range, and 69.5% from the free throw line. Very similar stats to the Rams of Rhode Island. And they do average, uh, I think, one more turnover a game than the Rams at 13.2 turnovers, while Rhode Island's at 12.2. So if they were keys to the game, it's definitely, definitely, if I were to say anything, is you gotta start out hot and you gotta hit shots. At, at this point, defense shouldn't be an issue. I mean, this this is basic David Cox, Rhode Island Rams, Dan Hurley defense 101. Man to man, contest shots, be big down low. If there is one emphasis on defense, it's gotta be Trey Mitchell. You gotta contain him. And there's been games where he's only scored 10 or 12 points, taking 20 shots and only making four or five. I mean, other games which UMass gets crushed in because they're expecting Mitchell to average, which he does, 48% from the field. But if you can stop him and really just shut him down, then I think that would be the big key on defense for the Rams. But on offense, you got to get hot. Someone, some way, Jeff, Fats, Tyrese, they got to step up and they got to hit some shots. And I'm not necessarily looking for Fats, especially I'm looking at Fats, but not not I'm to go like 10 for 12 for like 30 points, like go off. I need him to take good shots and fill the stat book with points, rebounds, assists, steals. If he can consistently, like, if he can get, say he gets 15 points on, I don't know, eight shots, he goes five for eight or four for eight. If he goes like 50% from the field, that's a big step for Fats Russell going into this 8-10 tournament stretch. So I think those are the keys for the game. Definitely Fats doing good across the board. Um, of course, Fats, Jeff, and Tyrese hitting some shots and focusing on trying to stop Trey Mitchell from effectively doing big-time work for the Minutemen. Try to keep him probably below 40% from the field, under 20 points is the goal for Cyril Langevin and the Rhode Island Rams. Now, looking at the A-10 standings quickly, in first place, of course, you have the Dayton Flyers, and then you have the Richmond Spiders at 13-4, and Uri at 12 and 5, Duquesne, St. Louis, St. Bonaventure at 11 and 6, Davidson at 9 and 8, VCU and UMass at 8 and 9, George Washington at 6 and 11, LaSalle at 5 and 12, George Mason at 4 and 13, and St. Joe's and Fordham bringing in the rear at 2 and 15. The Rams, with a win against UMass, would face um, would be the three seed in the Atlantic 10 tournament. No different than being the two seed, except the people you play in that first round, which could be harder 
for the two seed as Davidson and VCU, who are back there in the standings. As the two seed, you play the winner of the 7-10 game. And right now in the 8-10, and the seven seed, Davidson, who is, I wouldn't say hot, but they're a solid team. They're on a two-game losing streak because they lost back-to-back games. I mean, to Richmond, who's a great team, in Dayton. You can't really pick those games out. Um, but Davidson was in that game with Richmond the whole time until Richmond pulled away late in that second half. You'd play the winner of Davidson and George Washington. And George Washington did beat Davidson early on the year. But I feel like this Davidson team, if they can get hot at the right moment, can beat the two seed. While the Rams, the Rams still don't have an easy way out if they have a three seed. They got to play either St. Bonaventure, St. Louis, or Duquesne if they win on Saturday against UMass. But that's obviously the goal. You got to win Saturday. But due to some tiebreaker stuff, the Rams are um, automatically a double buy in the A-10 tournament. So they're a three or four seed. You can't be a four seed. You can't face Dayton, which is likely going to happen in the A-10 semifinals. If you want to win the A-10 tournament, which is what Rhodey's looking like right now, you got to get to this championship and win. And the re- the easiest way to do that is take the easy route, which is be the three seed, try to get your revenge on Richmond, make sure you take care of business on Friday before Richmond, um, maybe someone upsets Richmond or something like that. you got to get in the championship. No matter what happens, you got to get in the championship, and then the pieces will fall where they may, and we can see what happens. Now, talking about that, of course, Rhode Island's at-large bid, the hopes are out the door. Personally, I feel like there might be a chance for they can sneak on the bubble if they play great teams. I feel like if they play St. Bonaventure, so they got to win against UMass, but if they play St. Bonaventure, then they have to beat them. Then they have to beat Richmond by a good amount, and St. Bonaventure by a good amount. And then if they run into Dayton and play a close game against Dayton, that's the opportunity for a bubble team. But I but I don't think it's going to happen. I think Rhode Island's going to get by St. Bonaventure or whoever's in that sixth spot or whoever could beat the sixth spot I feel like Rhode Island's got to beat that sixth spot, whatever they have on Friday. They got to win, obviously. Saturday, got to win. And then they got to win the championship, I feel. I feel like the best way for Rhode right now to make the NCAA tournament is to win the A-10 tournament. So the ideal scenario for the Rams, got to win on Saturday, have Richmond, the second seed, beat up on Duquesne, or just win. Because right now, they can't win second place. They're a game behind, and Richmond holds a tiebreaker. So, we need Richmond to beat Duquesne, who's at the four seed right now. And then St. Louis plays a big game against St. Bonaventure. If Duquesne loses on Friday night, and St. Louis beats St. Bonaventure on Saturday uh, evening, then it'll go Dayton, Richmond, Rhode Island, St. Louis. Which I love. Because I feel like the Rams can beat um, Richmond the first time they played. Uri only up 69 points against a team that averages like 80. Uh, this team is very good on offense, Richmond is, and Rodon had a good plan against them. They just couldn't score on offense. Kind of running the Dayton game. Solid defense, couldn't convert on offense. If the Rams can convert on offense, they can beat Richmond, I feel like. I feel like Richmond is beatable, but the Rams haven't had a crack at them since January. So, we'll yet to see. And I like St. Louis. I love St. Louis at four, because the likely scenario, just say without upsets, which there probably will be, I'm just going to put the Rhode Island... Rhode Island Rams in the best position that Dayton's the one seed and St. Louis is the four seed for an eventual semifinal matchup that could happen between the Billikins and the Flyers, which St. Louis has been seen to be the only team to get the, the closest to beating Dayton in the A-10. An overtime loss of a buzzer beater by Jalen Crutcher and almost actually beating them on the road. I think they lost by like five um, as Dayton pulled away late in that game. 
So we need St. Louis to be a four seed if we want anything to go down. Now, looking at the standings, it looks like Dayton, um, if everything stopped today, Dayton would play the 9-8, and eight, which would be the winner of VCU and UMass. If VCU can win that game and beat up on Dayton, they don't have to win, but if they won, that would be huge. Beat up on Dayton and get them tired, okay? The Rams are obviously going to play a good team and St. Bonaventure, St. Louis, or Duquesne, whoever it is. If VCU can even beat Dayton or get them tired at the 8 or 9 seed, that would be huge for no matter what because the earliest the Rams could play if the Rams are the 3 seed and Dayton Flyers are the 1 seed is in the tournament championship where the Rams would need to win. So I'm not saying the stars are aligning, but depending on what happens Friday and Saturday, this could be a heck of an A-10 tournament for the Rams. I mean, or the Richmond Spiders, basically, at that 2 or 3 spot. I mean, of course, they have some hard games on Friday, definitely, because, I mean, Richmond's probably going to have Davidson. Rodon's probably going to have, I'm hoping, St. Bonaventure or Duquesne. And wherever that plays out, um, maybe there's upset there and Rodon can just cruise by on uh, Friday. But Friday's probably going to be a tough game for both teams. And if both teams can survive that, I feel like the winner of that game goes to the championship. And then whoever they play, Dayton, they're going to have a little bit of confidence, and they're going to play really good, uh, whether it's Rodon or Richmond. So the star, even though Rodon's on a two-game losing streak, the stars are aligning right now. Hopefully they can finish aligning by, of course, Saturday, where St. Louis can get that four spot and really hurt Dayton if Dayton makes it that far or and loses to VCU. Well, VCU has played Dayton tough um, when they went to the Seagull Center to play. So that's the lookout in the A-10 tournament and the NCAA tournament for the Rams. And I'm not going to go over, you know, the NCAA games. I think right now the big main concern for Rhodey is to win against UMass and to win the A-10 tournament. And I got to address something. I mean, I was on Twitter today, and I even tweeted about it, at uh, Gavin underscore B-Show on Twitter. I was seeing some tweets where it's like, the season's over. I give up. Um, there's no chance they can win. This team doesn't have what it is. They choked. They always choke. And I was thinking, man, like, what in the world are you talking about? What are you talking about? The season's never over. A Rhode Island Rams team has been had their back against the wall plenty of times before. Just look at three years ago. The Rams with Hassan Martin and Karan Iverson, are struggling big time and take a loss to Fordham, backs against the wall, no chance at an at-large bid, they go on a 9-10 game win streak and win the A-10 tournament to go to the NCAA tournament for the first time in 18 years for Rhode Island. No one thought it could be done, but they did it. Even look at this year. We lost to Brown by 10. Off Coming off a big win against Middle Tennessee State where we crushed them by 20-something points. We lost to Brown. Our in-state, not even a rival. They're they not even on our pedestal. They're not even in our league. They're low D1, and we lost by 10. Then we entered our first A-10 game and lost to Richmond in an embarrassing offensive effort at home. What did the Rams do then? 10-game win streak. I'm telling you, everything that starts to go up for the Rams has to start with something going down. I've always believed in this team, and I always will. No matter what the circumstances are, no matter what happens, I will believe. The Rams, the plan for the Rams, simple. Dig their heels into the ground and fight for 40 minutes on Saturday at 7 p.m. No adjustments, no nothing. Play Rhode Island basketball, play scrappy, play tough, and play good offense. 
Then, sleep well Saturday night, get some rest Sunday, and on Monday, the journey starts to get better each and every day until Friday afternoon or Friday night, wherever they play, whoever they play, whenever they play, they can do it. I've seen it done before, many times. Sure, right now I may be knocked down, but we're about to get back up. And I know that will happen because I've seen it happen in the past. And things repeat themselves. That's how it is. It seems like a habit as Rhode Island to fight back. Whenever someone beats you down and stomps you down and beats you you can't breathe anymore, you still fight. No matter if you can't see, hear, taste, smell, you still fight. You still fight no matter what it is. Because that's Rhode Island basketball. Rhode Island basketball is not quitting. Playing great defense. Being scrappy. One thing I love about the team is they're always the underdog. Big game, underdog. PC, underdog. Top 25 team, underdog. Looking right now at the NCAA tournament, got to make it into the A-10 championship. Where we could not be underdogs in our first game? Maybe, maybe not. Second game in the finals, underdog. Championship game, if we win, underdog. No one's going to think we can win. And that's what makes it the best. The pressure's off our back. We don't have to win. And that's why the Rams will. Because I believe in this team. I believe in David Cox. I believe in Jeff Downton. I believe in Fats Russell. I believe in Tyrese Martin. God, I, I believe in Jermaine Harris. This team has the pieces. They just got to play together. And I think they can. They got to go to UMass in a hostile environment. It's going to be a bit of a rivalry game at 7 p.m. And they got to win. They got to make a statement win. I don't care if they win by 20. They just got to win. Get the three seed and go into Brooklyn with confidence, with swagger. They don't belong there. That's what many people are saying. They don't belong there. The rise, the fall, the fall, the fall, the fall. All the Rams are known as right now is the fall of the Rams basketball team since late February. This team has heart. This team has hope. It's always had hope. It's always had heart. People just can't see it. So if you don't wanna if you don't wanna stick with us right now while we're tortured right now with back to back losses, we're still at twenty one season, I know, but where they're not supposed to be, we're not supposed to be here. We lost a couple games we shouldn't have, and we're here. We gotta test our own strength here, and we gotta battle. Battle like never before. And if you don't wanna be with us when we're down here, when we're up there, ever. If we're in the A-10 tournament championship, if we're in the NCAA tournament, if we're in the Final Four, if, the NCAA, if you're in the national championship after this and you're not with us, don't bother. Don't bother wasting your time because no one wants someone who doesn't believe. Life's not easy. Basketball's not easy. You have to fight for what you want. It's not given to you. You don't earn anything. You fight for anything you want. You don't just sit there and it lands in your lap. You have to. To fight no matter what happens, no matter how far you're knocked down, no matter how far you're pushed up, you have to fight some way or another. It's a fight. And that's not just basketball, it's life. It's life. So if you don't think this team has a chance of whatever they can do and you give up, I can't help you. Because right now the Rams, and I've got a feeling, need to go on the run. A NCAA tournament run, which starts on Saturday against UMass on the road. They gotta come out with fire, determination, and they need to fight. That's it. Plain and simple.
Jimmy Valvano, one of the greatest coaches of college basketball history. NCAA champion with NC State. Died of cancer. Of course, everyone knows that speech he gave at the ESPYs. The first ever Arthur Ashe Award. If, there, if there's one thing I want to take out of it, and it means more than sports than anything, to me, is don't give up. Don't ever give up. And as always, roadie, roadie, roadie.